You're listening to Impact Is Own, your home for the latest news, analysis, and opinions on Michigan State men's basketball with your hosts, Trent Valley, Luke Sloan, and Brendan Shabath. Welcome into the Impact Is Own. We are live from Gainbridge Fieldhouse. We're up here on the concourse. It's Luke Sloan, Trent Valley, myself, Brendan Shabath, your boys on the men's basketball beat here at WDBM Sports. Guys, we're at the men's basketball Big Ten tournament down here in Indy. Michigan State picked up a win yesterday over Maryland, 76-72. to a, a, a quite interesting game. Michigan State, for the third time this season against Maryland, blew a 20-point second-half lead. They were up 20 with just over 10 minutes to go in that game. Maryland came back. A huge part of it was Maryland's press, which was a, a big issue late. Michigan State had, I think, six turnovers on, against that full court press from Maryland in the final few minutes. The Terps made it close. Fats Russell had a shot in the final seconds to take the lead for Maryland, but ultimately Michigan State picks up the win and moves on. Yeah, I mean, I said this in the stand-up yesterday, so I don't want to be too redundant, but it's just a matter of getting complacent with the big leads, right? Like Tom Izzo did talk about that after the game, too. That was, I mean, he was shaking how angry he was with the fact that, you know, this team gets up big. And it's a trend we've seen all season. They get up big, and then they get complacent, and they take bad shots, and they don't stay locked in. And it's just that's a recipe for disaster. And, Brennan, you mentioned you throw in the press, uh, something that Izzo admittedly said that the team has not worked on a ton this year. And a team like Maryland just strings together a couple of those buckets. Their confidence is through the roof. I mean, I I thought Fats Russell was going to hit that three at the end. But, look, ultimately you survive in advance. It's all the cliches in March. And – you give yourself a dance with Wisconsin, and we'll get into that in a little bit here. But ultimately, I think the biggest reason for the win was you set the tone early and you shot well. Gabe Brown and uh, Max Christie shot a combined five of seven from deep, and I think that's something that was a big reason for the win. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Trent. The first 85% of the game, to really quote Tom Izzo in his postgame press conference, the first 80-85% of the game was really well played, especially defensively. Michigan State shot the three I mean, it, yesterday was one of their better three-point shooting games of the season. Obviously, the end, Tom Izzo talked about in the press conference that he has plenty of space in their hotel here in downtown Indianapolis to work on that press break uh, headed into tonight's game against Wisconsin here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. But you love that the first 80 85% of the game, the shots were going in, the team was playing with energy, lots of different guys were getting involved. But, man, lots and lots of concern for the way Michigan State finished that game. Obviously, like you said, Trent, I echo your thoughts completely that it is indeed a new day. March can be crazy like that. Credit to Maryland, too. Fats Russell, he had a great game. Eric Ayala played well. Danny Manning pressed the right button, putting on that press late in the game, and they, they fought till the end of the season. So for the Terrapins as well, you got to give them a lot of credit for the, the fight they showed this year. Yeah, guys, and I don't want to dwell on the Maryland game too much because it is in the past, and Michigan State's got a game coming up against Wisconsin. But the thing that stood out to me was Michigan State's three-point shooting early. Maryland, for some reason, kind of seemed content to let Michigan State do that. A couple defensive possessions, they went into zone, uh, left shooters open. They often helped off of some shooters. Um, Some double teams came from questionable defenders who were guarding some good Michigan State shooters. And Michigan State really... You know, other than the past, the, the, the last four minutes of the game with the press and the turnovers, held on to the ball primarily. Tyson Walker had a decent game running the point. He hit the clutch shot late down low. And, and we can't say enough about Max Christie, who had 13 points, six boards, made every shot he took from deep on all three of them, and had four clutch free throws, all one and ones at the end of the game there. But nonetheless, Michigan State takes on Wisconsin. 
in about an hour here from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. That game can be heard live on WDBM Sports with Luke Sloan and myself. But there's a couple storylines that are um, prominent in this game. And the first one I think we got to talk about is Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis in Wisconsin's final game of the regular season, a loss to Nebraska, which put them in the two seed with a share of the Big Ten title with Illinois, um, was injured in that second half, had an ankle injury, did not come back in that second half. Wisconsin lost without him. Um, But all signs point to Davis making a return in this game for Wisconsin to move on to the semifinals. But this is just my opinion, guys, and, and, you know, I'll hear what you guys think. But if I'm Greg Gard and I'm Wisconsin, this is a team who, with very low expectations to start the year, in a week will be competing for a national title. I think that Wisconsin team is good enough to compete and make it to a Final Four and even win a national title. If I'm them, I am leaving Johnny Davis in the hotel room. I am not bringing him on the bus. I'm not risking it. What we've seen from Michigan State this season, if I'm Greg Gard, I'm trusting my guys that they can maybe pull this off without Johnny Davis. And if they don't, then... He's rested and ready for next week. But it sounds like they're going to take the risk and bring him in and try to win a Big Ten tournament. Yeah, there's been no indication that Johnny Davis won't play. And, you know, Brennan, I kind of agree with you, whether that's right or wrong. That's kind of what we're going to see. We're going to see a Johnny Davis-Wisconsin team. And now will he play his average of 34 minutes a game? Probably not. Uh, And for the Spartans, that can be a little bit of an advantage. But I'll tell you what, we saw an Illinois team today kind of sleepwalk a little bit. And Brad Underwood, after the game, kind of mentioned that Having a double bye is not always the advantage that people think it is. You know, you like to get your feet wet in an arena and sort of get a little more familiar and and get acclimated to the crowd and that sort of thing. And that's kind of what Indiana did to take advantage. And I see Michigan State maybe having a similar opportunity tonight. And the reason I say that, one one more thing on the Johnny Davis point is, if he's not 100%, even if he's 90%, I was telling Luke this as we were setting up moments ago, I just think Michigan State should throw as many looks at Johnny Davis as possible. You have the bodies to do it. I mean, no one's going to stop him. But if you keep him at bay and make Hepburn and Davison beat you, I think that bodes well for Michigan State. And when I'm talking about throwing looks at him, at Davis, I'm talking about Tyson Walker, Max Christie, Jaden Akins, A.J. Hogard, even Gabe Brown Malik Hall can get a couple cracks at him. Don't let him get comfortable with any one defender because he'll kill you. I'm guessing that the thought process from Greg Gard with playing Johnny Davis in this tournament is trying to reestablish him after that mild ankle sprain he suffered against Nebraska. I I think he's probably thinking along the lines of we want to get him integrated back into the team, get that good feeling back, get that confidence back because they do have the double bye. He's had a little bit more time to rest and only, you know, the the path to a Big Ten tournament win is just three victories instead of four or five if you're a playing team. So, I think their their main rationale is they want to get him back into the fold and, and get him you know, back on this stage. And he's someone who torched Michigan State. The last time these two teams faced off in East Lansing, he had 25 points on 8 of 11 shooting. He waved goodbye to the, the Izone, not the impact Izone. He did not wave goodbye to us. He waved goodbye to the Izone. But he, he is a guy that I think he's healthy. You mentioned it too, Trent. It was listed as a mild mild ankle sprain. He says he's fine. Greg Gard says he's fine. He's going to play. So we're, we should all assume that he's going to be at complete health. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about how to defend this Wisconsin team coming up a little bit later in this special edition of the podcast. But it all starts with Johnny Davis. And, man, it's going to have to be an all-in effort if they want to slow him down because if they do not, they will not advance past the quarterfinals of tonight's Big Ten tournament. And, Trent, you've talked about it a little bit. 
you know, the cliches in March and, and, you know, it's March Madness and it's tournament style play and winner go home and the upsets and, and whatnot. But not just nationally. I mean, let's talk about nationally for a second. Baylor lost yesterday to Oklahoma. Today, earlier, Auburn loses to Texas A&M. We've seen it in some of the smaller tournaments. The top seeds go down. Um, and we've seen it here today, earlier this morning as well, just before that Auburn game, Illinois loses to number nine seed Indiana. Indiana came back from a double-digit deficit yesterday against Michigan and came back. Michigan State almost blew it to Wisconsin. Penn State, the 11 seed in the Big Ten tournament, upsets the six seed Ohio State last night. So the writing is on the wall, and it wouldn't be a surprise for Michigan State to come out of here with an upset win, but the way this Wisconsin team has played lately, they look fantastic, but... It, Michigan State beat them once already. They have the recipe for it. The metrics are in Wisconsin's favor, believe it or not. 31st in Ken Palm, I believe in the top 20 in the net. Not as high as you would think they would be, given where they've been in the AP poll all year. Currently 12th right now, you know, Big Ten champions in the regular season. But there is room for Michigan State to get this win. And you kind of talked about it earlier. Illinois is out of the picture. Obviously, if Michigan State wins, Wisconsin is out of the picture. All that's left is Iowa and Purdue, and Purdue is a team that Michigan State beat. Purdue still got to face a tough Penn State team who's played well the last two days here because they played in the first day on Wednesday um, against Minnesota. Michigan State can pull this off, and they'd be one of the front runners, I think, if they get out of this round. Yeah, and you know, I, I guess to zoom out and look at it in the big picture, Brennan, as you mentioned, these teams split the regular season. And Michigan State is thinking, look, if we beat them at the Kohl Center, we can absolutely beat them on the neutral floor. Problem with that is that's exactly what Wisconsin's thinking as well. Wisconsin beat Michigan State in the Breslin. And I don't want to beat the dead horse, but Sloan, you mentioned, Johnny Davis had 25 points last time he played. He had 25 points the first time he played. He's going to get his. For me, it's more about what these other guys do, and that's why I think it's more about setting the tone with a, with a Gabe Brown, with a Max Christie, try to get those guys going early. And defensively, Marcus Bingham has to anchor the paint because Michigan State is, let's not forget, the best three-point defense in the conference. And so, Luke, that's a great segue from Trent. You know, the X's and O's for Michigan State, they've got the three-point defense. Wisconsin doesn't necessarily rely on threes that well. They don't defend twos that well. I talked about some of the metrics for them. They don't really jump off the page at you other than the turnovers. Wisconsin is, I believe, second in the country in least turnovers per game, uh, and they have a fantastic turnover margin. It, you know, it's, it's not hard math to, to figure out that if you hang on to the ball, you're likely going to win basketball games. They average just over eight turnovers per game. But w where does Michigan State have an opportunity to exploit Wisconsin tonight? Yeah, Brendan, you and I and Trent were, before we recorded this podcast and moved over to our broadcast location, we were talking a little bit more about some of the, the X's and O's and some of the numbers, and I know you're the big numbers guy. But uh, headed into tonight, I mean, there's really a lot to look at. You mentioned the turnovers. Only eight turnovers a game, maybe a little over eight for Wisconsin, is fantastic. Not to mention as well, they, they're second in the Big Ten in steals with almost five a game, which is pretty impressive. But something that Michigan State could look to exploit, which you mentioned, was potentially shooting more twos in this game. Michigan State doesn't shoot the two well, 48%, which is 10th in the Big Ten. They also don't take a lot of twos, 8th in the Big Ten. But Wisconsin defending twos, is they give up 51% from that range, which is 11th in the Big Ten. Wisconsin defends the three really well. Michigan State shoots the three really well. So we'll just say that's null and void. But something that could be a bit of a mismatch for Michigan State is Wisconsin's pretty 
bad, we'll just say at two-point defense, and Michigan State potentially being able to exploit that. But like you said, Wisconsin rebounds the ball really well. They're fifth in the Big Ten in defensive rebounding. And, and turnovers, like you said, they're very good. But for, for Michigan State, shooting more twos I think is going to be important because they don't defend them well. Limiting Wisconsin to one possession on offense or one shot on per possession is also going to be important. Wisconsin only gets about eight offensive rebounds a game, which is the lower half of the Big Ten. And then also defending the paint if you're Michigan State. You've got to run everybody at Johnny Davis, like you said, Trent. You've got to defend the paint because Wisconsin likes to shoot twos. And then on offense yourself, I know you shoot the three ball really, really well. Wisconsin defends it second in the Big Ten. They don't defend the two well. I'd look for guys like Bingham, potentially Malik Hall. Everyone's got, everyone knows the fame turnaround shot, some dribble drives as well. They need to shoot those twos, but on defense, and I'll let you build off this a little bit more, Trent. You and I were talking about this before we recorded. It's got to be keying in on Davis, double-teaming him, and really sagging on the paint to limit those Wisconsin twos and not caring that much about the three. I mean, Wisconsin shoots 31% from three in conference play. That's that's dead last. Yeah, I mean, we we all talked, we all mentioned that, you know, the three ball is such a key. It always is. It's going to be a key no matter who you're playing or what, what kind of shooters you even have on your roster. Shooting the three ball is how you win games nowadays, but you also win with defense, defend, rebound, run. It's the mantra. It's the age-old saying that revolves around this Michigan State program. And look, if you're Michigan State, I think a faster game favors the Spartans. And the reason I say that is Michigan State has nine players who are averaging at least 10 minutes a game. To, to Wisconsin seven, I think. So Wisconsin's also pretty deep, but Michigan State, in theory, would have two more guys to run out there. Run. Gabe Brown. Brendan, I'll let you expand on this because you mentioned last night, it's been a minute since we've seen a Gabe Brown run out dunk, and that energizes the crowd. And I personally believe Michigan State will have more fans here than Wisconsin. I'm not sure what you guys are thinking, but this Michigan State crowd is going to be into that. you got to energize them. You know, don't, don't sleep on a guy like A.J. Hogarth in a run out, Tyson Walker good finishers like that's the kind of thing that I think Michigan State should really target is try to get out and run yeah one of the things that you and I talked about last night uh before we we hit the hay Luke I think had already hit the hay but you and I were up a little bit late scheming this game hey I w- it's been long days here we've watched a lot of basketball I was very tired so give me a break please we have already had two very long days we're on our third right now this is going to be a long day and a long night and hopefully a fun one but Gabe Brown had a layup in that Maryland game where he's coming from the left wing, full speed, gets a pass from A.J. Hogarth or Tyson Walker, one of the guards, and, and goes up and flies above everybody and makes the layup. He might have got fouled. I don't think so, though. But um, Gabe Brown is, is a guy who, at full speed, with his leaping ability, when you give him that much of a running start, can jump over anybody in the nation, I, I, I firmly believe. And so, you know, it's kind of a, a dumb wrinkle and, and, and a, a very low level take and, and a minimal part of basketball it's not a huge grand scheme thing but that's something Michigan State can definitely use and that's more so just speeding up Wisconsin and having the fast break and you know Wisconsin plays slow 208th in tempo in the nation this season so they are a slow team Michigan State is loving to push and get up and they're gonna have to do that today but guys I think we would be remiss if we didn't remind our viewers who were so politely entertained with the latter half of our most recent podcast episode in which the Impact Is Own trio as a group picked and voted on our our picks for the Big Ten tournament bracket. And I want to point out, Luke and I were going back and forth. Trent, you and I shared some differences uh, about who would win this tournament. And so it, it, it appears that so far everybody has been right in which, you know, 
Trent, you thought Minnesota was going to win the first game. Luke and I said Penn State. Penn State pulled it out. Trent, you and I thought Northwestern, or excuse me, Nebraska was going to win. Luke said Northwestern. Northwestern pulled it out. But the, the big one that stands out is Michigan losing to Indiana. The impact is on squad as a whole. Trent and I personally picked Michigan despite our love for Mike Woodson. Uh, we thought Michigan was more poised to win that game. Indiana made, it, made a huge comeback. But I do want to say the winner of the Big Ten tournament, according to the Impact Zone's bracket, is no longer in the field. Illinois, who just lost to Indiana earlier this morning, it's up for grabs now, guys. I mean, who's, who's the favorite now that Ohio State, Illinois, you know, those guys are out. Iowa looks like a really good team. They puffed Northwestern yesterday and then just picked up a 10-point win over Rutgers where they were in control the entire game, you know, after the 10-minute mark in the first half. Who, who do you guys like now? All right, I just want to get something out of the way. I don't like to give myself too much credit because there's only so much of it that I deserve. But on the last episode, I predicted Penn State to make the quarterfinals. You two did not. They are in the quarterfinals tonight against Purdue. So that's number one. Number two, I predicted our Mike Woodson and Indiana to beat Michigan in the first round. They did, but I was off of them against Illinois, so shame on me for that. But there was a notable omission in a team we haven't talked about a ton in this Big Ten tournament now that Illinois is out of the way. Obviously, Wisconsin is a threat that Michigan State will try to knock down tonight, but watch out for Purdue. They've not played yet in this tournament. They're well-rested. I mean, we don't need to talk too much about how good they are and what they bring to the table, but they're a sneaky, sneaky pick for this all of a sudden now that Illinois is out of it. So, Brendan, you are so right in that the writing is on the wall and the way we've seen this tournament go, the trends of the upsets. And for that reason, I'm going to say with this caveat, if Michigan State is able to beat Wisconsin tonight, I think Michigan State wins this whole thing. And the reason I say that is because people can joke all they want about Mr. March and whether or not that's Tom Izzo's whether or not Tom Izzo deserves that nickname. I'll tell you one thing. You know who doesn't want to play Tom Izzo in this tournament? Matt Painter. You know who else doesn't want to play Tom Izzo in this tournament? Brad Underwood, any of the top-seeded coaches, whether they're here or not. No one wanted to play that guy coming in. And Danny Manning got a taste of that last night, even though he, you could argue he outcoached him. But that's neither here nor there. My point is, Tom Izzo's been here before. He's got, he's got a hell of a clash with Greg Gard tonight, coach of the year this year. So it's going to be a fun one. But to answer Brendan's question, if Michigan State's to get past Wisconsin, I like Michigan State to win this whole thing. If not, I am on the Purdue train with Sloan. Okay, so before we wrap it up here, let's just revisit how we predicted this game on Impact Zone last time. I said Wisconsin's going to win. I still believe in that. Trent, you said Michigan State. Luke, you said Michigan State. Do we have any omissions, rebuttals? Is anything changing in those predictions? Trent says no. Luke, anything changing in your prediction? No. I just want to say for all the uh, anybody out there who might be interested, definitely not us. Michigan State is plus three and a half in this game, but obviously none of us are betting on this game because we are announcing it and broadcasting it, and that would be very, very irresponsible of us to do. But I will say this. I got Michigan State outright in this game. I am standing behind my take. I said it last night after the Maryland win. I know it was ugly at the end, but Michigan State did a lot of things that really kind of perked up my ears a little bit, and I'm going to stick by my take. I think you are as well, Trent, but I just have a good feeling about this potential game plan for Michigan State. I like the way Bingham played yesterday. I like the way Malik Hall played yesterday, especially getting more post touches. Michigan State made it a a point of emphasis to get more post touches, shoot more two-pointers yesterday. 
they can do that again today, do that with some success, because Wisconsin doesn't defend the paint very well. And defensively, they were locked in, like you said, Trent, for 85% of that game. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Wisconsin does not do much on the offensive glass, limit them to one shot per possession, sag on the paint, and, and defend the hell out of Johnny Davis. And, and here's the thing. I'm still, I, I believe this Michigan State team can do it. That's the roadmap, but it, it's not going to be easy. Johnny Davis is a National Player of the Year candidate. He's healthy in my estimation. This is a well-coached team that doesn't turn the ball over. I'm sticking with Michigan State for those reasons. I think we'll be talking to you again tomorrow. Obviously, we'll be talking to you tonight on the broadcast, but I'm rolling with the Spartans in this one. Yes, we are uh, go back, going, going back to what you talked about, Luke. We are not betting on this game, 1-800-GAMBLER, if you have a gambling addiction or problem. But we are. We have been doing for yesterday, and we've, we've resumed it today, a, uh, a friendly three-man wager between the, the three of us in which we pick five players from the Big Ten. We do, it, uh, we do it in draft order, so Trent will pick, and then Luke, and then myself. And, you know, we'll pick the players who we think will have the most combined points, rebounds, and assists. Really fun, close close night yet last night. Luke was able to win. We've got another fun one. To, or, no, you won. He got yeah. last. Yeah. Luke got last. Don't give Luke. Luke already gave himself credit. I did not. I won. I waxed you guys. Hey, I, you, you should see how my lineup lo- is looking today. Good. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. I think I think I'm manifesting Luke's lineup tonight. I've got three Boilermakers on the board. I'm looking for Williams and Edie to have a big game, and then Gillis to grab a couple rebounds as our our caveat sixth man, in which we pick just the rebounds or assist category. But nonetheless, we'll see how those shake out tonight here from Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. For Luke Sloan, Trent Bally, I'm Brennan Shabbat. This has been the Impact Is Own podcast. Tune into the Impact Is Own pregame show, broadcast, halftime show, postgame show, whatever it is. Tonight, 6 p.m., we start. Michigan State takes on Wisconsin, number seven versus number two, here from Indianapolis in the Big Ten men's basketball tournament. This has been Impact Is Own. For more, visit impact89fm.org forward slash sports.